as artists, you know, we should be producing new things for the world to see. We should not be producing redundancies. Welcome to the Creative Chats Podcast with Mike Brennan. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artist makers and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram. I'm at MikeBone. And you can check out some of my work on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. Also, I would love to have you part of our free Facebook group called Daily Creative Habit. It's a group of creative individuals who are coming together to say, I want to show up more consistently for my creativity and craft. So if that's you, head to dailycreativehabit.com and join us today. I look forward to seeing you there. Now, I got a question the other day I thought was kind of funny. Somebody asked me if I actually do that intro like again and again each time or I do it once and kind of recycle it. And here's a little secret. I actually do it every single time. <laughs> and this person was kind of amazed because they're like, wow, I guess you've just kind of found your cadence and rhythm and how you say that. So there you have it. I show up each and every time to do that intro just for you, my faithful listeners. Now for this week, my guest is Sam Tufnell. And Sam is a visual artist who does sculpture and multimedia. Um, I mean, he explains it best when I ask him the question, who are you? What do you do? Um, so I'll let, let him kind of lead that part. But uh, we have a great conversation about art making and process about the art world, about art viewership, uh, what people bring when they're looking at art, and just how important it is that we have these conversations. Because so many times, uh, art can seem like something that's very self-indulgent. And of course, in the art world, you know, you have um, just the marketing side of it and, um, you know, trying to monetize this, of course, because... As artists, we want to make a living from our, or at least many of us do. And so Sam just shares a lot of his insights and a lot of uh, his process and his thinking behind his work. And um, we just have a really good time talking art. So I know you're going to appreciate this episode. So without further ado, here's my creative chat with Sam Tufnell. Well, Sam Tufnell, welcome to Creative Chats. I'm excited to have you here today. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I know this is going to be an awesome, awesome talk because you have so much awesome art around you right now. And I know that you, uh, I just, I've seen the work on your website and it's it's so unique and incredible. And I can't wait to dive into some of your concepts and your process. And of course, just getting to hang out and talk with fellow artists is always a great time. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much. Um, you know, I'm always ready to to talk about art and talk shop. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> My favorite subject. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So before we get too deep, um, why don't you, in your own words, just tell the listeners who are you? What do you do? Um, well, I I'm 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 a multimedia artist, I, I suppose of sorts. I mean, I've I've primarily done sculpture but i have studied uh, you know every type of kind of contemporary art form there there has been i mean i i'm i'm a kind of 
I don't, I, I wouldn't say I'm like a, I'm not, I'm not like a traditional artist, but I'm a bit of a traditional kind of art nerd and that I kind of fell into it quite early. And it's kind of just always been a part of my life, really. It wasn't like I had some moment when, you know, I was at law school and I was like, oh, I, I, I think I want to, you know, so, um, I mean, I, kind of like in, in college was when I was really exposed to contemporary art and, and modern art theories, which, you know, frankly, I kind of struggle with still to this day, <laughs> largely. But um, I, I got very, very enamored by the sculptural process. Like, you know, I do not, you know, painting and drawing and things like that. But like sculpture just has so many different things you can do. And it's sort of, you know, your palette continues to grow as like other things are developed really. And sculpture too now means like everything. It's like installation, it's like video, like sculpture means like, like the way art means everything, now sculpture means everything. <laughs> that is slightly, that is the arts world sort of all purpose uh, tool really. Um, and so I've always enjoyed process tremendously and kind of, you know, when I was, formulating kind of my artistic you know identity i was really i was always enamored by you know kind of the I, i'm always enamored by like the technical abilities of like rodan and michelangelo but then i'm so like bewildered by the salesmanship of like a damien hearst or something <laughs> like that it's a it's an entirely different um type of accomplishment but um I still immensely enjoy studio process to the point where like, I've had to kind of really um, almost restrain myself a bit because, you know, I'll just like some of the activities I'll get into as well will be a bit meaningless <laughs> at times, but because I just like, you know, I, I really enjoy the process of hand brain kind of, you know, kind of stuff really um and now of course with the way you know new technologies are developing and um things like instagram and the internet you know we're even beginning to sort of challenge viewership a bit like mm -hmm. you know like i do think that maybe the best thing for the art world would be to get out of the art world <laughs> you know what i mean like we take these you know, the, the art should be taken out, you know, the museum institutions and the galleries, like these, these things, like, you know, as a long time art student, like, you know, oh my gosh, they, they do sort of like, you know, they, they, they are institutionally kind of brainwashing you in a weird manner, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, if I go into the MoMA or the Gagosian or one of these places, I instantaneously kind of feel awe and this is sort of one of these things i've had to kind of you know which is what, what i enjoy about art viewership is kind of like you know it seems like a safe place to study your react your reactions actually mm -hmm. you know what i mean like why does this outrage me you know what yeah. i mean like why does like a mark rothko feel like i'm watching like buddhist television <laughs> you know what i mean and we can do this in a safe manner because you know it's not the real you know it's not a reactive um a reactive world but um anyways 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I love all that. And and I would love to go back and, and revisit something you said earlier, because um, you said a lot of the stuff really took place for you or, or was formed when you were in college, right? Um, I think mm -hmm. I, I did I read on your site, you went to School of Visual Arts, correct? Yeah, I did my freshman year at Bard College, which okay. was where actually I really got into sculpture, but like I really wanted to be in, in, in the city. I mean, especially when you're 18, 19, yeah. it's like, ah, <laughs> you're, who wants to be up in the woods with 1400 kids? When you're <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, definitely, yeah. School of Visual Arts was my alma mater. Yeah, yeah. Same with me. Uh, I went oh, to yeah? oh, yeah, graphic design and three dimensional okay. illustration, which um, oh, cool. is interesting because, you know, the way that I was introduced to that, um, there was a, a guy there, Kevin O'Callaghan. I don't know if he was there, maybe mm -hmm. we were there, but he did a lot of sculpture that was more like movie props and uh, like very conceptual driven. Mm -hmm. And so we had a bunch of different projects that we did for that. And I really enjoyed that uh, from mm -hmm. a conceptual standpoint, but the place mm -hmm. where it deviated for me was more in the execution because I'm like, I'm not good with tools, <laughs> you know, like the, right. the practical side of that kind of fell apart a little bit on me. Uh, and I ended up going more for design, uh, which was my, my mm -hmm. real major, but, uh, but I always enjoyed that process of, of thinking through that stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting because this current exhibition I did, I mean, I used some sculpture, you know, techniques that I had, but it was mostly, camera work and um, computer work, which was quite challenging for my brain. You know what I mean? And I realized, you know, what I, what I realized about sculpture that is a bit more, you know, I, I think, you know, maybe separates it a bit. I mean, all of the arts have their sort of virtues and vices, so to speak. But like, you know, in sculpture, I mean, I got really involved in the engineering process of it. And I still... I noticed like it's kind of shaped my brain in a lot of manners and that like when I when I view art, I really do begin to try to trace back immediately how this thing was made. How was it? You know what I mean? Like even like I go, how was it shipped? Like how does it? And I kind of think this way and I mean, I'm. I'm uh, you know, I, I think this is probably, you know, what, what people miss about art really is I do think it's very beneficial to your brain as far as it is a place where you can problem solve in a very like, you know, um, yeah, and exactly in a very safe space, really. And it does translate over into other things that you'll find yourself doing. I mean, I think if you are you know, if you are an evolving artist, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's definitely, you know, artists who, I mean, you know, they, they, they do the same thing for, I mean, I, 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 I've done that with some of my, my series, like, because some of them took me a long time to learn and stuff like that. But I, you know, currently, I, I don't think we really live in a world where we can afford to be masters of any process anymore, because it's changing so fast really you know and um that's what i think is interesting about being an artist now is that it would seem to me that you know i mean the market is clearly like recreating itself constantly through nfts and 
you know, other types of sensationalist sales of, you know, cattle and banana and just, you know, right. it's, just the, it's, it's the same sort of story, you know, just being told um, in a different manner. But it's kind of funny how, you know, the artists themselves, especially the ones that are part of these institutions, are kind of limited in a lot of ways to the way like, you know, the Rolling Stones can't go up there and, and, and you know, Mick Jagger can't DJ at a party. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But what a party that would be, right? <laughs> what a party that would be though, right? And I, I can kind of imagine it to some degree how, I don't know, it's a bit strange how these things, I mean, there's always been a marriage between the two, but how they do work somewhat antithetically and you know when i was a student you know when i looked at art careers i looked at these bodies of work and that's what i was kind of the most impressed by i was like wow it took this person like 20 years to do this right and like you know now i mean oh my god we live in a time where artwork is not only is, is it it's the way in which it's valued i mean you can't do it without you know taking the, you know a pill or something to try to philosophically justify <laughs> such a strange strange world that it's become but um i think on a basic level if we can kind of keep it in a, in the less meta realm <laughs> art is still a very kind of practical sort of study of you know i don't know i guess your your ideas and your and your sensations yeah. and yeah. how you know to some extent you're kind of like i don't know how these things pull on your strings involuntarily you know yeah. uh, i would love to to hear a little bit about like what does your process look like like do you get an idea and a concept and then start to flesh that out as far as saying okay well what does this look like what materials do I use? Like, what form does this take? Or, or do you see something and get inspired by it and then kind of, or start with kind of the end in mind and then work backwards? Like, what does that look like for you? I mean, the thing that I, luckily, because I am a process orientated guy, like I don't paint, like I never get like, like I was listening to Tracy Emin describe her painting process where she says she's a, you know, it's like this drama where a lot of times it looks like she's doing nothing in the studio and then she just attacks the painting. Well, you can't attack a process that hasn't been invented. You know what I mean? <laughs> so for me, you know, I, I, although I don't make art every day, I mean, I, I do and I don't because like certain ideas kind of take a while to sort of take shape. And now what I'm finding is that, you know, and this is kind of, I think as your career progresses, I feel like I've kind of like, you know, I've gotten through this kind of young man's, um, you know, young man's stage of wanting to like have some sort of mastery or something like that. And now I'm a little more like, well, you know, A, like I do think inspiration is, you know, a bit of a fleeting kind of romantic idea, you know, and we do get inspired by all types of silly nonsense. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to kind of build artwork um, 
that really the process outlasts that kind of fleeting inspiration. And you have to kind of really weigh it out and go like, well, am I really going to spend three months developing some new thing? You know what I mean? Just on a momentary idea. So like the current exhibition I have, it's kind of amusing because I'm using food, of course, you know, I'm using <laughs> Campbell's soup, you know, which I'm sort of, you know, I want to play with a kind of art world, you know, a, 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 I guess an art, a, 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 of course, a symbol that is very familiar to the art market. But, um, you know, this idea I actually had initially in my freshman year of college where I wanted to make a sculpture out of like ground beef, I think. I, it was an apple. I wanted to make an apple out of ground beef. Very like 19-year-old <laughs> gothic kind of yeah, yeah. concept, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, you know, I mean, a lot of these ideas, you just don't get to them because of life, too. You know what I mean? Um, life has a way of throwing things at you. You know, I've had all types of, I mean, I've all had all types of luck and gifts in my life. But like everyone, I've been peppered with, you know, catastrophes and unforeseen family tragedies and pandemics, you know, <laughs> all yeah. these things that you know, we all experience and, you know, as you get older, you know, um, shit happens, you know what I mean? You don't dodge all the bullets. Some of them, you know, some of them do, do, do get you really. So, I mean, but that's like, for me, what I realized recently after coming out of like two series, like, well, really three series that I spent decades building is that I no longer wanted to do, if a process was going to take me that long to create, that might be beneficial to my personal goals, but it might not be able to last the contemporary structure we live in really. And so with this new series, it was a, you know, it's made out of food, so you can only work with it for so long anyway. It's intangible, you know what I mean? I can't labor on it all day. It's gonna rot and disappear. So, you know, I, I kind of did this deliberately and, as I was working on the project, you know, this whole kind of NFT craze, and I'm not even interested in really doing one <laughs> either, but I find the phenomena very fascinating. And I have a friend who is deeply connected to like some of this financial success, who was one of my old art dealers, who I'm, I'm, I'm so kind of like, you know, it's one of the best feel good stories I know of this pandemic is this kind of crazy, uh, you know, crazy kind of art craze, but I, I find it more fascinating for the potential it has for art viewing and art collecting, really, because it's completely outside of the box. Whether you think it's a scam, oh, big deal. Of course, it's all a scam. <laughs> I mean, let's not even like bother to like, you know, why would we really, you know, even, even kind of get into that? But um, like, I'm particularly interested after going through this process and how mentally challenging it was for me to manage my frustration with the computer <laughs> you yeah. know um because sculpture is a very visceral project really and most of the tasks and goals i set for myself were things that really young men decide like i can physically conquer this material and in a way, if you get mad at it, it's often <laughs> helpful, really, because it gives you the umph to weld that thing to kind of like, you know, to push through what is technically, you know, like all these sculptural processes like mold making and casting and resin work. 
I mean, they are high intensity kind of like, it's like you've built your own construction company for yourself, you know? Um, but of course with digital media, we, and technology, I mean, it's kind of interesting to think that we don't even really know, you know what I mean? What, what, what could be created and Honestly, just to think of it from an artistic perspective, like when I go to Basel or fairs or the galleries, honestly, how few of, you know, there's not a lot of innovation, strangely, you know, considering that artists are allowed to use whatever they want as a tool, how few of them do. Mm. <laughs> Why do you think that is? I think that, you know, some of it is about familiarity, for example, like I do, like as much as I'm a critic about these things, like I find a deep sort of calming piece to seeing things such as like, you know, certain types of abstract paintings, like a Mark Rothko. It always brings me like this kind of like calming thing. And I find that tremendously weird when I consider that the man committed suicide. So what am I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how could I be, you know, what is that about, you know? And that's what I mean as art as a meditation because clearly the creator of this was deeply disturbed. So how is it bringing me any type of inner peace? I mean, what is that? I don't know, yeah. <laughs> you know? That is a very, very sort of strange, um, strange idea. And for example, um, figurative sculpture, like Greek marble works and things like that, they, they hold a kind of like, you know, I don't know, like a myth, there's a mythology in there that is a bit inescapable for me, really. And of course, like I grew up watching like Clash of the Titans and, you know, like reading like those myths. And that was a part of my childhood education in London is studying the ancient Greeks and all this stuff. So I also am deeply kind of like, I think that's another reason I'm so attracted to sculpture is because like, I loved as a kid, like those hybrid, you know, Egyptian gods and like, you know, it's just wonderfully imaginative world really. And uh, I still think those types of myths and storytelling are so fantastical really. And, you know, um, I don't know, just generally speaking, I mean, living in this time of like conspiracy theory, for example, you know, I don't think it's that different from the age of, you know what I mean, of, of all these biblical gods sort of competing for it. I mean, they're all a bunch of kind of conspiracy theories, potentially, I don't know. But, um, you know, I, I, my point is deeper in that I mean that the human mind is just, you know, we're destined to be imaginative creatures, really. So I, I just find it strange that how the art world tends to really, you know, I mean, it has to really, because it has to make money on it. So it has to perpetuate <laughs> you know, the same, the same, the same products and the artists in a way too, they're a bit, they're, some artists are able to really go all over the place. And those are the ones that I'm always like, you know, that, that is an interesting, like that is a career path that I would like to have, like, like Bruce Nauman, for example, is an artist that like, I don't really like his work, but I, I love his career, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And his work is kind of antithetical to like my notion of per perfecting some type of process because he takes on all processes and he kind of handles them like, like junk, he handles them a bit disposably, you know, and, um, 
that was a bit of my experience working on the computer on this thing was that everything felt very sort of disposable, really. yeah. <laughs> you know, as I would lose files and stuff. And it was a bit like, but I was so upset. I lost all these images. I was like, ah, fuck. I was, I sat out in the rain, like doing the shoot. And I was like, ah, oh, all this for nothing. And then I was like, well, it's just like the jungle, the computer. <laughs> you know what I think? <laughs> Things just die on us, you know what I mean? And you can't bring them back. Um, but, but yeah, basically, I think that that is the fun thing about art. It's an endless, it can be an endless exploration. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. And, and what is it that drives you to keep showing up different ways and keep pushing the bar and, and like not, you know, falling into those those same patterns, but wanting to explore more? Like, what is it in you that that is is wanting that? Well, I mean, in a way, what I've been, you know, I, I've been fortunate in that I, I've been able to kind of like evolve my career. And I mean, it's been over a period of decades, too. So like most people's careers, they they come in peaks and valleys and stuff like this. And um, I, you know, I, I sort of did take I mean, even before the pandemic, you know, I kind of felt like the art world was kind of heading for this time, or, or at least myself, that I I knew I wanted to kind of like rearrange my career a bit, or at least try new processes, because um, I mean, to be honest, like mastering a process is quite mundane, really, you know, and um, when you it's a funny thing, right? When you hit that point where you've got something down, like these resin castings I was doing, I mean, I, I, I went crazy with it. I mean, and, and part of the issue I feel like creatively is I stopped coming up with new ideas as much as I came up with more reasons to continue, you know what I mean, the process. And I also had enough kind of collectors going and exhibition interest that there was the motivations of the career to continue. But I remember feeling quite exhausted by it all <laughs> after a while and really feeling a little like, you know, like, I feel like I'm like, a, like, a, you know, like I'm just a, you know, I'm another grunt here really, you know? And um, I also like, you know, I, I don't, it's not that I'm against having assistance, but I don't want to really. The whole point of having an art, being an artist is you get to, you don't have to do that stuff. You right. don't go to work. You know what I mean? Like you don't go to a company and deal with other people's problems and families. It's a pure, like, you know, me, 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 me kind of activity. So why on earth would I want somebody in my space? You know what I mean? <laughs> and also from a practical purpose, like being that everything I was making was kind of a new concept involving like different, like I couldn't, I would have to train whoever I took. So, you know, now it really is becoming more of a um, definitely like what, you know, like what is really worth kind of delving into potentially. And, um, and that's why this current installation, like the other thing that I like about it is um, it's open all the time, you know, like it's open on the street at night, you know, it's in the middle of Brooklyn and crazy neighborhood, of course, you know, um, and, um, you know, but I, I, I like this kind of tactic, you know, you can see art at 2am, you know, um, and if you're uncomfortable, like, 
you know, it's funny, like the galleries are all free, but it's not like, you know, people don't go, you know, a lot of people, it's uncomfortable to go to really. And they do make it deliberately uncomfortable too, by the way, they're not, you know, all these places are not, are not exactly teeming with warmth. Um, but so I think as well, like using mediums to that, allow for a new viewership opportunity is another thing worth exploring. And that is a big part of what I'm trying to do now is like, I'm trying to challenge myself out of every time I have an idea. Like I, I just begin to naturally place it into a gallery and then I begin to place it into an institution and into all these collectors have, and I have this, you know, I have this whole idea, but it's just my reflexology of what I, you know, what I learned as a really young man. So now whenever I come up with an idea, I begin to think, well, how can it exist outside of a gallery or an institution? And actually, how can it exist outside of a collector, really, to some extent, which is kind of one of the, you know, the new magics of this sort of NFT craze kind mm -hmm. of capability, really. And, um, you know, really, I think the art market is going to become incredibly disruptive moving forward. I think there's going to be all this stuff. And I think it's going to be interesting to see, like, some artists will stay, like I'm saying, kind of holding up their kind of pillar of the canon. Mm -hmm. But I feel like guys like me who are going to be emerging and are somewhat stuck in between, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Two different, very different worlds are going to kind of like, you know... I don't know. I feel very sort of, yeah, Buddhist about the idea of like best abandon your ego as soon as possible, because <laughs> this thing is going to be moving too fast for you to kind of master it in any, <laughs> in any capacity. So, yeah. What is it that you're hoping that like when people view your work, what impact do you hope it makes on somebody? I know it can be very subjective, obviously, like we've talked about, but you know, if you could have your way, and somebody like just gets it straight from you, what is it that you hope that people walk away with? I mean, to be honest, more so it's an idea of anything but painting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anything but sculpture, anything but an exhibition in a gallery or a museum. I mean, these are, I think, challenging enough concepts to just embrace for me individually, let alone to produce to the viewer. And of course I'm saying this while I have a show, it's in a gallery, <laughs> so to speak. And also, um, I'm still very much like I go to shows. I love art dealers and, you know, the whole thing, I think, is, a, you know, exactly is one of the, the most fabulous sort of human um, things to observe, really. But um, I also think that as artists, you know, we should be producing new things for the world to see. We should not be producing redundancies. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? And a lot of artists, you know, I feel like obviously I'm sort of pointing my, my target at them, so to speak, because there are people who only paint, who only do this and they're masters of their mediums. And they're also kind of, you know, they are engaging in, in the more meditative process. Like after working with technology, I can tell you it is 
not a meditative process in the way that tactile mediums are. You can go there and say it's the process of me just trying not to lose my mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that is the like patience, you know, like it's a very funny thing when you just realize like, you know, this device, it just will not, re it's not going to play to my human, you know, emotions really a bit. And um Anyways, I'm sorry. I, I I tend to go off in so many different different patterns, but but I can. It's like I had. There's so many different possibilities going on. So, I think that artists like you know we we've alienated as well so much of like the general public. Like you know, like I have friends who are not artists, and they think it's all chicanery and stuff like this. And you know, nobody thinks of anything but the insane prices in the market. But they. They still don't realize that this business, it's, it's, yes, it has these ostentatious like prices and sensationalist things that occur, but like it's such a tiny fraction in comparison to any other quote unquote entertainment business like film or music. Like, you know, it's, it's the little, it's the stepchild, you know what I mean, of, of these fields. But, you know, I mean, it's a shame that these are what people pay attention to and it's not unique to the art world either. I mean, you know, the news is just terrible, you know, and um, I have many friends who don't live in New York city and family members. And like, no matter how many times I tell them, I'm like, listen, it's not like there was like a pile of, bodies in Times Square here, okay? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was scary. I was scared. Everyone was scared, of course. But like, you know, overall, like, part of the challenge here is like, you know, we need to kind of like be, we need to recognize like how we're being influenced, of course, you know, especially now with social media and all this stuff. And this is why I keep bringing up art is I do think art gives us a special type of medium as, you know, as observers, you know, to really challenge ourselves. You know, there's one thing making art, you know, but observing arts is, probably more important you know the creative process is a bit indulgent right ultimately you know which is why like some of my ideas like as i select them now like like for example the idea of this food thing you know i it was something that i mulled around for 20 years you know what i mean and that's kind of that's kind of the thing is everybody years you go like well, huh, maybe I want to do this, you know i mean the other point with it was is i had spent 10 years building hundreds of molds hundreds of them you know what i mean i still have from the original rose series i built i was so crazy when i started building the series like rather than like making a few roses and making like then the flower and then seeing what would happen no i did this i decided for two years i was going to be a machine and just make parts <laughs> in my studio i have boxes of roses and you know hundreds of molds and i remember sitting here and going oh my god this is so daunting what am i going to do with all of this stuff really so it was also an opportunity for me again to use an old technique and play it in a new way you know um and that is kind of where i see my my role here because i'm old school 
I'm a physical guy. You know? <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm the average 40 year old man just trying to figure out, you know, like, like just trying to catch up a bit here, really. But it doesn't take very much for me to kind of like produce something new, really. Mm -hmm. Once you just kind of, you know, it is a little like cooking, you know what I mean? You just, you know, <laughs> you just take a spice from a different, you know, a different culture or a different, um, a different vein and you can often create something new but um yeah it's, it's important to have that, that sense of play and experimentation because i think when you don't have an avenue for that that's when things get stale in a hurry you know you and you just find yourself again repeating the same old things um and even if it's something that's not even related necessarily to have that space where your your brain almost takes a break from trying to solve a certain problem and then you're freed mm -hmm. up to other things and you can then carry that back to the work that you may be trying to solve. Um, I found that very often that that can happen, you know? Yeah, no, certainly. I mean, it's, it, I mean, this is why I think art, you know, poses this unique kind of opportunity in our time. And like, you know, I don't mean to be like, kind of like one of these sort of you know, techno advocates, because I don't really understand it very much. And I'm really just beginning to get into it. But like, you know, the way in which we're learning about the brain and its patterns, and also the way in which like doing repetitive things creates new neural pathways. And I think that that is why, in a lot of cases, artists like, you know, including myself, like, like I said, like, I've worked on bodies of work that took so long to do. And part of the battle that I've realized personally in my own artistic journey is, and I say this to myself now, no sacrifices allowed. <laughs> and I know that's the antithesis of what people say, but the reason why I say this is I don't allow myself to indulge in my suffering to justify my reasons to make art anymore. I, I, won't, I won't allow myself that 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 indulgence and now you know which is why i deliberately want to choose something that i know a i'm going to learn a new technique you know like i i certainly as i was working with the computer i mean my next idea is i'm going to hook this computer up to a sculpture somehow <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean and also after working with my food project i decided i may not ever make a piece of artwork that can exist for too long it may have to be documented like you know i don't really look at this sculpture like yes I'm, I'm i'm relying on the video to somewhat because i can play with scale i can cut out like i can crop out the problems you know just like social media i can make <laughs> it look like the dream vacation when it all actually i'm just fighting with my ex-girlfriend um but, <laughs> you know it it, it is you know like these these things they, they they can work with each other but um for me you know i i i i really have to set these limitations of not allowing myself to kind of hermit out in the studio and um get too committed to an idea that will tend to make me feel like oh i've sacrificed like so much on this series i just should keep pushing it a bit further maybe i'll try this variation or like maybe i the point is is like you know like i said like i have hundreds of, of these roses sitting in the studio i have all these i have 
I have hundreds of castings, like, you know, at any moment, it's fine. You know, I'm, I'm posed for my retrospective. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've got, like, I could easily fill a museum, you know, with my, with my work at this point. So, you know, and now as well, because I've gone through a process of having to adapt to different techniques, and this is what I'm most thankful for, is that, you know, I've noticed that my problem solving patterns are becoming more flexible, mm -hmm. which allows me to adapt to newer processes and technologies kind of, you know, a bit, you know, a bit quicker, really. So, you know, that's the next goal, though, really, is like, you know, how am I going to hook this? You know, now I want to hook it up to something. I mean, I've been I've been tinkering around on this self-portrait series in the dark for a while now. I have molds I made of my head from like, you know, my early 30s. And I'm just starting to like figure out what I want to do with it. But, you know, it's quite likely that like what I was doing with food will kind of begin to take more shape in this kind of like... Um, I don't know, these very, um, I guess it's a very sort of mortal self-portrait, you know what I mean? It's the opposite of what we're trying to do, right? I mean, like, you know, I, I think it's kind of a fun, like, you know, the idea that art is so static and doesn't change, that's an idea I, I want to also, you know, I want to get rid of that idea too. Like, why should it last? Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, we also live in a world of reproduction, really, is the funny thing. Like, I, you know, I go to the I go to the shows. I'm an art nerd. And I also like, you know, I, I live in the neighborhood. So they're nearby me. And I just, you know, if I want to like how people get out of the house to go for a jog, I get out of the house to go to, you know, the galleries in my neighborhood. It's my it's my it's literally the closest public park for for me. Um, but anyway, so. <laughs> so I have a question. Um, we're getting to the top of our time, but I, I really want to ask you a question of what's something that someone has given you as far as maybe a piece of advice. And this could be, you know, in terms of your art practice, uh, art in general, or even just life uh, that you feel like you could pass along to somebody else who's listening right now. Well, I, I think patience and, you know, um, and I think understanding that, you know, the art world has many moments. It changes, it fluctuates, you know what I mean? And in some cases, the work you're doing now may be what it's interested in later, you know? And so, you know, the, the reason why this is such a fantastic world is that there's always, a, the dream never dies, even when you die, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that like, you know, if I never had like my, you know, my, my museum retrospective, I'd be on my deathbed going like, well, now it's finally going to happen. You know, like now, <laughs> now the moment's right, you know? So, you know, art isn't really about attaining anything. It's about, it's a continuous process. And I think if you're going to do it for the career reasons, I think, you know, be prepared to embrace that reality rather than struggle with it. You know, um, I mean, I think a lot of people do. I do, for example. I mean, it's funny. There's so many art. Most of the artists begrudge the art market constantly, really, because it's, you know, it's true. It's a mad hatter kind of place, really. And, you know, making sense of it will, will, will lead you to the path of, of frustration. But 
I think the time we live in now, as far as what the art world is going on, what's happening, I would say, you know, certainly no one else's story fits this time. So you're not going to do it the way the New York artists did back in the day. And like the funny thing is, it's like all these New York uh, icons who are like, you know, the pillars of our art community, they, they just hung out at, uh, at a bar. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there weren't that many artists and the art scene was very limited and it didn't have any, it didn't have much appeal. I mean, the term starving artist was a very real notion not too long ago, really. And, um, you know, the art, also the art world itself, the market gallery structure we're in, it's not that old either. So anyway, be patient, you know, and ultimately, you know, I think you have to kind of really pay attention to the broader picture and where you have the opportunity to fit in into this, you know, grand story. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. So I would love for to also to hear where can people see your work? How can they follow you? Give us some links and some information so people can uh, make sure they check out your work. Yes, you're reminding me I need to update my current exhibition stuff. But um, <laughs> I am uh, my Instagram handle is my name just at Sam Tufnell, and my website is www.samtufnell.com. I currently have an exhibition at Five Miles Gallery in uh, Fort Greene, Brooklyn, which is a non-for-profit gallery. It shows all types of community artists in Brooklyn. It represented me, it's represented me since 2007. Um, it's artist run and um, it's a fantastic place filled with other talent as well. My exhibition is only part of another group exhibition as well which is filled with some other talented painters. Um, and upcoming, I have work going into a hotel here in New York City, which is exciting because of course, New York City is finally able to, <laughs> to open up and have events. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm quite, you know, I guess this might be the first party I go to. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that is called the Somewhere Nowhere Hotel, where I will have some of my gnome series um, will be on display there. And I, I still have those at a, a public art installation in upstate New York called Gnome Mountain. And I should be screening the uh, redux of chicken soup is not good for your soul. <laughs> there, <laughs> the uh, the take two will be will be screened on the rooftop. I, I think we're aiming for uh, July fourth, maybe. Awesome, awesome, lots of great yeah. stuff for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mike. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for this time today and really appreciate you just unpacking your process and your thoughts um, just on your own work and just the art world and art viewership. Um, I think these are all mm -hmm. important topics for us to talk about today. So thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.